It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Locked On Podcast Network and Odyssey present Locked On Today. The Saints are hanging on for their dear playoff lives after another loss. Meanwhile, the Eagles are trying to swoop in on the playoffs. Plus, can the 49ers make that playoff push without Jimmy G? I'm Peter Bukowski, starting your day with the stories you need to know and biggest debates in sports. You're locked on today. Searching all major sports. Found. Let's start with the biggest story. There was nothing aesthetically pleasing about what happened on Monday night when the Miami Dolphins beat the Ian Book-led New Orleans Saints 20-3 to and and led might even be a loose term in this situation. Joining me now from Locked on Saints, Ross Jackson. And Ross, the crazy thing about this game to me is the Saints, despite week to week having no idea what you're going to get from them, are still very much in the playoff picture because of how their schedule finishes and because of how the tiebreakers fall. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, this is a team that is still, uh, if they can win out, right, they need to they need to look at winning against the uh, division rival uh, Carolina Panthers on Sunday upcoming, and then they'll wrap up against the uh, the real rivals in the Atlanta Falcons there at the end of the season. And if they can do that and get one loss by San Francisco, who still has the Rams on the schedule, then all of a sudden the Saints at nine and eight are in the playoffs there, and somehow or another finish this season the way that it has gone for them, having to play without you know 14 to uh, 12 12 to 14 different coaches week two including six of which we were supposed to be on the sideline uh you know uh, being displaced for hurricane ida at the beginning of the season and then you know all the way down to losing their starting quarterback and then 22 players going into this monday night i'll call it a fiasco up against the miami dolphins uh they could still find their way into the playoffs and i'm sure that's what they're they're still very interested in playing for at this point I saw a stat uh, during the game that that the Saints had used almost 60 different starters over the course of this season. They are on, I, I pick a number in terms of quarterback, quarterback four in Ian mm-hmm. Book uh, at this point. If they do sneak into the playoffs, how much credit do you think Sean Payton deserves for holding this team together? And I think Dennis Allen as well. Dennis Allen has had this defense playing fast and furious all season. But it just seems like they're, that that job that they're doing is flying under the radar a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that number is 57, by the way, 57 total starters for the New Orleans Saints, which is an NFL record. It's a, You've never seen more starters in a season than what the Saints have had. And, and honestly, because of that, I think even if the Saints don't make the playoffs, head coach Sean Payton, defensive coordinator Dennis Allen, offensive coordinator uh, Pete Carmichael, who called the plays in the shutout against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, their offensive coordinator Darren Rizzi, everybody on this New Orleans Saints coaching staff deserves a big time amount of credit by the end of the season, regardless of whether or not this team makes the playoffs. If they make the playoffs, then certainly they'll get that recognition. But even if they don't, they absolutely deserve it with the job that they've done in keeping everybody together and keeping everybody showing up and willing to go out there and fight and compete and still, you know, hold on to this winning culture that's been developed over these past few seasons in new Orleans. It is still remarkable that a head coach who 
took Alvin Kamara off the field in a couple of clutch situations on Monday and, and has this infatuation with Taysom Hill is still a really, really, really good coach in other ways. And in some ways that almost makes it more maddening that there are these little other ticks that are just like, can you just, can you just, just not do those things, please? Yeah, absolutely. Look, there are, are, are certain, I guess I'll call them Peytonisms that are uh, <laughs> undeniable <laughs> and that you'll see in certain game situations and in certain uh, play calls and things like that. But I'll tell you, man, there's, there's just no coach that has the ability to hold their locker room together, their culture together, and their team together in the face of adversity unseen. And I, I don't even just mean the COVID situation. I'm, talking about, I'm speaking of all the things that the New Orleans Saints have gone through over the course of this season. The fact that they showed up and even <laughs> even showed up and played Monday Night Football against the Miami Dolphins deserves some credence. Thanks for making Locked On today your first listen of the day. Coming up, the Eagles are making a hard charge for a wild card spot in the NFC. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Now, here's what you need to be locked on today. Big news out of the NBA on the COVID-19 front. Vaccinated NBA players and coaches who are asymptomatic can now clear quarantine after six days if COVID-19 testing data shows they're no longer at risk to be infectious, according to a memo distributed to teams on Monday. The NBA and the National Basketball Players Association agreed to the changes that will replace a protocol requiring league personnel to wait 10 days to test out of quarantine on a return to competition. The new protocol includes players, coaches, staff, and referees. 214 players have entered the league's health and safety protocols as of Monday afternoon. Retool, not rebuild, says Seahawks head coach Pete Carroll. I think we've got the essence of the things that we need. We've got to build on them. We've got to support it better, and we've got to continue to grow and progress. There ain't no standing still, Carroll said, but there's the foundation for doing things. After a one-point loss to the Bears, the Seahawks were eliminated from playoff contention and locked into last place in the talented NFC West. Another game, another fourth quarter collapse for the Boston Celtics. This time, it came at the hands of the shorthanded Minnesota Timberwolves. Hey there, John Corrales here from the Lockdown Celtics podcast after a 108-103 loss to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Another fourth quarter collapse. This one was probably uh, the worst of them all because the Minnesota Timberwolves didn't have any of their good players. Yet somehow... Greg Monroe was one of the guys that helped kill the Celtics in the fourth quarter. Celtics were outscored 34-24, and it wasn't even really that close. The Celtics were 3 of 14 from 3 in the fourth quarter. They gave up 50 points in the paint in the game. They could not defend, especially in the second half, especially in the fourth quarter. Yeah, they didn't have Jason Tatum, and they did have 
a bunch of guys in COVID protocols as well. But they got Al Horford back. They got Grant Williams back. They definitely had more talent on the floor, but they just couldn't get it going in the fourth quarter. And once again, they let that just devolve into bad fourth quarter defense. Something, something has to change here. Attitudes, something has to change because the Celtics just can't go out there against a team like Minnesota with all of their COVID protocol guys out. No Carl Anthony Towns, no D'Angelo Russell, no Anthony Edwards, no excuse to lose to this team. You still had Jayla Brown, Al Horford, Grant Williams, uh, Peyton Pritchard was hitting shots early. And the Sun Bowl will still go on. Central Michigan will now face Washington State after the Cougars' former opponent Miami had to back out because of a COVID-19 outbreak among the team. Central Michigan was slated to play in the Arizona Bowl against Boise State, but the Broncos had to bow out due to COVID. And the Sun Bowl will be played on Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern. The Arizona Bowl has unfortunately been canceled. That's what happened last night. Here's what to look for coming up on betonline.ag, your number one spot for all your football action this season. Lots of college basketball betting action for a Tuesday night at Bet Online. In the most lopsided point spread of the night, Baylor hosts Northwestern State. Betonline.ag likes the Bears by 38 points. Conversely, the closest point spread of the night belongs to Notre Dame and Pittsburgh. Bet Online favors the Fighting Irish against Pitt by four. And lastly, the earliest game of the day, Texas Tech, big favorites at home over Alabama State. BetOnline.ag favors the Red Raiders by 29 and a half in a 2 p.m. Eastern tip. For all your gambling needs, BetOnline.ag has you covered. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today to get a 50% welcome bonus on that first deposit. Don't forget to use the promo code Locked On to get that bonus. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Here is another story you need to know. The Eagles took care of the woebegone New York Giants 34-10 to on Sunday, and they suddenly look like a very dangerous team. Maybe not so suddenly. I'm sure my friend Gino Camilleri from Locked on Eagles would say, hey, this is who they've been for a lot of the season. Gino joins me now, and Gino, this has been an up-and-down team. Some weeks they look like someone who could be really dangerous, and other weeks they're like, hmm. What's going on with this team? So what exactly is going on with this team that that causes them to have these high highs and low lows? I think you could take this all the way back to prior to the season. And in Nick Seriani's postgame press conference the other day, he attributed a, a lot of the success to Howie Roseman collecting his offensive line and his defensive line and putting that personnel on the field. Because if you've looked at what the success of this team has been in the last eight weeks where they're six and two, no, say that again. In the last eight weeks, yes, they're, they've won six out of eight games. I apologize for that. I had to think about that for a sec. But here they are. They're running down the stretch. The only two games they lost, one was a hiccup to the Giants, and they almost beat the Chargers in that game. It was a one-score game. You're winning in a way that transfers over to road success in the playoffs. If you've seen teams that can run the football and stop the run, that has been a winning formula in the playoffs and into January. And the Eagles, if people remember that Super Bowl run, they had a three-headed monster of LeGarrette Blunt, Jay Ajayi, Corey Clement. Corey Clement was your third running back 
who was a star in that Super Bowl. And once again, now with Miles Sanders having a broken hand, Jordan Howard being a little banged up with his shoulder, you have to lean on Boston Scott and Kenny Gainwell. But it all goes back to that collection of personnel, which Lou and I on the show, when people were talking about this team potentially having a top five draft pick, we never bought into it simply because the offensive line play and the defensive line play is something that you can always bank on. And if you look around the NFL, teams are trying to find offensive line talent. And if you look at the Giants, like you said on the intro, Peter, that's a team that right now they can't even evaluate the quarterback position because of the lack of depth at the offensive line. The Eagles have 10 deep. Jeff Stoutland is the best position coach in football, bar none. He keeps them on track and now has done so in three out of the last four seasons where they're right back in this playoff race. And if you're talking about a team that you don't want to play on the road or a team that you don't want to play at home that's going to come visit you, it's going to be an Eagles team that can stop the run. And if you can't get your pass going, the Eagles are just going to possess the ball for 35-plus minutes a game on the ground and just crush you to death on offense with their offensive line. That's really what they have to do. But if things do go awry, Jalen Hurts turns the ball over, the run game can't get back to form because, I mean, 100-plus yards, 175-plus yards in seven games, they missed that mark this week with 130 yards in this game. If that can't continue throughout the playoffs, the Eagles can get into a little bit of a rough area where we saw early on in the season where they had to pass too much. Jalen Hurts got out of rhythm. Teams were affecting that timing, disrupting the pocket. If that turns out to be the case, which we saw in the first quarter against Washington and the first half against the Giants, that's how you beat the Eagles. But right now, this is the most confidence I've had in an Eagles team in quite some time. And it comes down to head coach Nick Sirianni. I think he should be in contention for coach of the year. People were talking up how good of a job Brandon Staley was doing. If you look at the record of these two teams, they're right on par with each other in two completely different situations. But if you're talking about Staley, you have to talk about Sirianni, especially how he got this team back on track, starting two and five. And now here they are. They're eight and seven, and they're on their way to being that seventh seed where, hey, we might have a third game against Dallas and we'll see what happens when that comes. But getting this young team playoff experience, especially for Jalen Hurts, could take this team a step closer to being a team that competes in 2022. Definitely exceeded my expectations. I think a lot of the fans have certainly had their expectations met and surpassed. Vegas had them at six and a half wins. They're sitting at eight. They could potentially get to 10. Who knows where this team can go, and I'm just riding the wave of success right now because this is fun football for the first time in a while in Philly. Coming up, Jimmy Garoppolo may miss some time with a thumb injury. Can his team stay in the playoff race without him? If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. 
Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Built Bar. Built Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you don't believe me, you have to try it for yourself. I'm going to be honest. I didn't believe it either, but then I had the chance to try it and it changed my whole perspective on Built Bar because this really is unlike anything I've ever tried in the space. It's not even close. I've never had any protein bar and and trust me, as someone who has played sports his entire life, who has gone on every diet plan, who has tried every workout plan. I am always trying to find something that tastes delicious, that also gives me something healthy to help with my workouts. I've been active and an athlete my whole life, not on an NFL level, but on just a normal human being trying to stay in shape and do their part level. And the only thing I've ever found that makes me feel happy when I eat it is Built Bar. And that separates Built Bar from anything else out there on the market and they have a slew of flavors they have the decadent double chocolate coconut brownie uh, salted caramel plus fruit flavors if that's what you're into raspberry cherry barcia so many options for you out there they've got a marshmallow set right now and let me tell you the marshmallow treats are incredible if you don't believe me Go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 to get 15% off your order at built.com. Agree or disagree? This is the Q of the Day. The San Francisco 49ers are in the midst of a playoff race and could be without their quarterback for Week 17. Adam Schefter reporting that Jimmy Garoppolo has a torn ligament in his thumb and a fracture in that same thumb. His status for this week and beyond up in the air. Joining me now from Locked On 49ers, Brian Peacock. And Brian, Kyle Shanahan also said this was the best month of Trey Lance's career from a practice standpoint. But how ready is Trey, if need be, to step in here? Uh, There's no idea to know how ready Trey is, but it's just... (laughs) Very coincidental that Trey just happened to have his his best weeks of practice leading mm-hmm. up to this moment where he might need to start a game to to win some games to get the 49ers into the playoffs. And uh, I don't know if I should believe Schefter or Shanahan at this point. Shanahan's talking about Wednesday practice for Jimmy Garoppolo. Schefter's talking about not only a thumb sprain, but uh, a right thumb UCL tear along with a fracture. That's not something that on a quarterback's throwing hand they would be ready the same week i don't think so um i don't know if Schefter knows more than shanahan if shanahan didn't have the full report yet if shanahan's just playing coy because he doesn't want the texans to be able to game plan for a quarterback that nobody knows how the hell shanahan's going to use him in the first place so um i don't know but really really looks doubtful for jimmy garofalo to be able to play sunday so it's trey lance against the texans with the playoffs on the line for the 49ers should be fun and, and the Texans, they showed more than a little fight last week. But at the same time, uh, that is a game that if you're the 49ers and you're a playoff team, you have to win, right? But then in week 18, it's 49ers-Rams with major playoff implications. How likely is it, do you think, that if Trey Lance has to be the quarterback there, that they could get a win in a do-or-die scenario for San Francisco? I don't think it's unlikely, 
I think if you ask most 49ers fans, if Trey Lance played Thursday against Tennessee, the 49ers would have had a better chance of winning versus how Jimmy Garoppolo played. And maybe we know right. now why he was floating balls all over the place because he had a broken thumb. Um, but there's really no way to know what it's going to look like for Trey Lance at this point. You would expect that he would look better than he did when he started a game against the Cardinals earlier on in the season. And he was fine in that game. He looked like he was able to hold his head above water. Certainly looked better than some of the rookie quarterbacks we've seen so far this year play in the NFL. So if that continues and he actually is, you know, four weeks of practices better than what we saw then, then maybe there is some optimism there. And the 49ers already went into LA and blew out or, they blew out the the Rams at home in in uh, at, at Levi Stadium earlier this season, so they've got an opportunity to do that again and prove that they have Sean McVay and the Rams number, which the 49ers have had recently. And what's funny is the 49ers could potentially win that game, get into the playoffs, and then play the Rams again right back in the Rams' same place in the first round of the playoffs if the seeding ends up that way. So there's a lot to be determined here. There's a oddball three way tie scenario for the 49ers that doesn't really work in their favor because the head-to-heads against the the Eagles don't factor in in that case. So uh, it's going to be a wild couple of weeks here and a lot more fun if it's Trey Lance in there at quarterback just because of the unknowns there and the potential high end and the potential low end of what that can mean for the 49ers. And finally, anything you can underdog, I can underdog better. Both Cincinnati and Alabama are competing fiercely for the title of underdog ahead of their matchup in the college football playoff. Alabama linebacker Will Anderson made it clear, saying, quote, I feel like we're the underdog in this game. All year we've been disrespected. While Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter said it without saying it, we're excited to get down here and play Alabama and show not only ourselves, but everyone in the country what we can do against the top team. Alabama currently sits 13 and a half point favorites in this one. So we all know that this is some Nick Saban magic. He is trying to convince the Crimson Tide, that the world is against them when everyone with a brain thinks Alabama is going to win, even if that's not what you want. That's just how this works. Coming up Wednesday, we will look ahead to a crucial weekend of football, college, and pro. So at least until tomorrow, stay locked on today. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.